You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bingham. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, Anchor, everywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe. Please share. And also, guys... Um, Follow us on social media. You can just find STB Sports Take um, on Instagram, also on TikTok. I post just short clips, you know, minute-long clips from the show there on uh, on social media. And then on Twitter, it's just uh, my handle, at Sean Bingham. So please give me a follow uh, on social media platforms as well. Happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you guys. I am, of course, in my green. I went with the true kind of shamrock leprechaun Irish green here for St. Patrick's Day. I did go to a St. Patrick's Day party last night. Uh, felt a little premature. Not sure why we did it the day before St. Patrick's Day, especially since both of the days are a weekday. But we did it, and it was fun. So happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you. Wishing you the very best of luck. And we've got a good show lined up today. So we're going to dive right in. We're talking NBA. Uh, there's a new sheriff in town, we're going to say. A new sheriff in town for NBA MVP. We've also got a lot of NFL free agency stuff to cover. So we're going to start, though, in the NBA. Um, and I'm wondering if, uh, well, A, a new sheriff in town for MVP, and that is Damian Lillard. And two, should Stan Van Gundy be on the hot seat in New Orleans? So there's a big game last night, um, the Pelicans and the Blazers. And the Pelicans were up for really the, the most of the game uh, by as many as 15. And uh, the Blazers come storming back and win, 125-124. And this was actually the sixth loss that the Pelicans have suffered after being up by at least 15 points. And that is the most in the NBA. They've got a lot of talent around them. I'm wondering if Stan Van Gundy should be on the hot seat. But the big story in the game, of course, was Damian Lillard goes off for 50 points. Um, 50 points, 18 of 18 from the line. He was a plus nine in the plus minus six of 13 from deep 13 of 20 overall. Damian Lillard, 50 points. CJ McCollum was back. CJ McCollum, the second most important, second best player on the Blazers is back. Uh, he played 26 minutes. Didn't shoot so great. Three of 11, two of seven from three had 10 points was a minus eight on the uh, plus minus also had four turnovers, but um, it is good to see him back. I'm very curious to see how the Blazers will do now with him moving forward as he gets more and more, you know, back into the swing of things, healthier, in you know, game shape, things like that. But so the two th- two takeaways from this game: one, should Stan Van Gundy be in the hot seat? Two, is Damian Lillard now the front runner for MVP? My answer to both of those questions is yes. Stan Van Gundy is working with some pretty quality players. I'm looking at their roster. They've got seven quality players on their roster. Zion Williamson, he's fifth in the NBA in PER. He's a once-in-a-generation talent. You do not want to waste it. Brandon Ingram, J.J. Redick, Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. Those are seven pretty quality players, but yet they keep losing. Excuse me. Um, The Pelicans now are 17-23 and on on the season. They're 11th in the West. Now, the West is stacked. I get that. Uh, The West is very stacked. But with those seven players, most of which are young, and then the veteran leadership of J.J. Redick, the sharpshooting ability of J.J. Redick, it feels like they should be able to sneak in as the eighth seed. You know, there's no reason they shouldn't be better than the Spurs, with the exception of what? Coaching. 
So to me, Stan Van Gundy needs to be on the hot seat. These are not... New Orleans already isn't a place that a lot of players are dying to go in free agency. Um, it's not exactly a, a hot spot for whatever reason. Even the name Pelicans, if I'm being honest, is kind of lame, kind of bugs me. I don't like their colors. I don't like their logo. Um, it's not a big, big name city that people are dying to go to. You've got the only way to get free agents to want to go there. The only way to keep star players there, like a Zion Williamson, is to win games. And they're not doing it. And so, to me, you you just can't wait too too much longer to pull the trigger on a new and better head coach. There's a lot of guys that I'm guessing would want to go coach this roster that might be better suited than Stan Van Gundy. Again, 17 and 23. And just looking at their roster, I mean, again, Zion Williamson, 25.6 points per game. Brandon Ingram, 23.9 points per game. Lonzo Ball, 14.2 points per game. Having his best offensive and shooting output of his entire career this season. Um... There's just, you know, and then we talked about J.J. Redick and Josh Hart and Steven Adams. This is a lineup that should make the playoffs. You just don't want to waste, uh, you don't want to waste the young years of star players like Zion Williamson especially, but also of Brandon Ingram. He's a very good player. In fact, if the team, you know, we went over this a, uh, a week ago, if the team had a better record, say their, say their wins and losses were flopped and instead of being 17 and 23, they were 23 and 17, Brandon Ingram would have made the All-Star game. The only reason he didn't is because it's not really equaling wins. Zion Williamson, on the other hand, he was so undeniably one of the best players that they couldn't keep him out. But that they would have had a second all-star if if they just had more wins. Uh, Lonzo Ball is a, is a bona fide starting point guard. He's not quite what we thought he might be when he came into the league, but he's a very, very serviceable and quality point guard. Um, sharpshooter and J.J. Redick, big you know, big bruiser down low that can rebound in Steven Adams. There's just no reason they shouldn't be a little bit better than they are. So I would, I would, uh, if, if I'm New Orleans, I am very, very seriously looking at uh, potential different coaching options and putting a little bit of pressure on Stan Van Gundy to win and win now because you go with another season or two. Zion Williamson already had one season pretty much wasted with injury and, um, and not doing so hot. This season looks to be uh, a losing season. And how many more of those can you take before he's just like, you know what, the second this rookie contract's up, I'm out of here, you know? And you don't want that. They don't want another uh, Anthony Davis on their hands. So I would look out in New Orleans for potentially a new coach. I do think that's on the horizon. We'll see. Keep an eye on that. But the other takeaway from this game is Damian Lillard. I mentioned last week, I went through, um, you know, my personal uh, MVP rankings, and I had Joel Embiid at the top. And who did I say I had second? I had Damian Lillard. Well, since that time, Joel Embiid has gotten hurt and will miss at least two weeks, it looks like. And Damian Lillard has caught fire. He's now second. He leapfrogged Joel Embiid. He's now second in the league in points per game. He's uh, fourth in PER in the entire league. He's fourth in free throw shooting in the entire league. He's tied for eighth in the entire league in assists, tied for eighth with LeBron James. And he grabs 4.5 rebounds to go with it. And his team is 23-16, and 16, sixth in the West. And he's been without his right-hand man, CJ McCollum, for most of the season. So the only thing that's going to hurt Damian Lillard, in my opinion, uh, in the voters' eyes, which, of course, I don't get to vote, maybe one day, but the only thing that's really going to hurt him right now is that his team is sixth in the West and usually... 
the MVP goes to uh, the best player on a team that's among the top four teams in the entire league regular season record-wise. The exception has been things like Russell Westbrook when he averaged a triple-double. But for the most part, you're looking at, hey, the Bucs just won 60-plus games. They were first in the East, best record in the league, whatever. And Giannis is averaging 30 and 11. Let's give it to him, you know. Um, And Damian Lillard is going to have all those numbers, among the top guys in PER, points, assists, uh, field goal percentage, not field goal percentage, but free throw percentage. But a really important stat with Damian Lillard is how clutch he is. Last night, he has a clutch and one where he makes the driving layup, makes the free throw, and then with 1.2 seconds left, he hits two free throws. He gets fouled, very obvious foul on a jump shot, and he hits both of them, steps to the line, and calmly, while down one, 114-113, he had with 1.2 seconds left. It's either make these free throws and win or miss them and lose. He very calmly and confidently steps up and sinks both of them. So I looked up the clutch uh, the clutch stats in the NBA for Damian Lillard. And again, this this isn't always the best barometer for for clutch play, but how they do it is if you're if the game is within 5 points with 5 minutes or fewer, uh, to go, what are you doing in those moments, right? Damian Lillard is shooting 60%, 60.3% from the field in those minutes. So again, if the game's within five and five minutes or five or fewer points, five or fewer minutes, Damian Lillard is shooting 60% from the field, 53.3% from three, and 100% from the foul line. And his team is 16 and six in those games. So when the Blazers are within five points, of any opponent, plus or minus, and the game has five or fewer minutes to go, the Blazers are 16-6 and six in those games, and Damian Lillard is shooting lights out. He is the most clutch player in the NBA right now. Um, he's, he's shown it in both the postseason and the regular season. It is a regular season award. And so when I look at points per game, what he's doing to elevate his team and take them to the playoffs, when I mean, you look at their roster versus what we just mentioned, the Pelicans roster. I mean, sure, they've got Gary Trent Jr. They've now got CJ McCollum back. They've got Carmelo Anthony. But the Blazers aren't some stacked team by any means, not even a little bit. But yet they're sixth seed in the West, and it's because of Damian Lillard. So I think there's a new sheriff in town. I think Joel Embiid's injury is going to hurt his MVP chances uh, tremendously. Um, He's going to miss another two weeks. He's already missed several games before this injury. So I think that's going to hurt his chances quite a bit. The other thing I think he will not have going for him that he did at the all-star break is I don't think the Sixers will finish in first. I think the Sixers will probably finish in third in the East behind the Nets and the Bucks. Um, the Bucks have been kind of testing some different things defensively, basically trying to gear up for the playoffs and say, look, we know we can go in 60 games in the regular season, but when it comes to a 70 game or a seven game series, uh, we got to figure out what to do with Giannis when they're building the wall and we got to figure out what to do defensively to stop teams a little bit more. And I think you're seeing them starting to figure it out. And I think both the Nets and the Bucks will leapfrog the Sixers. And that would push the Sixers down to third in the East, uh, which is still the weaker conference. And I think that'll also hurt Joel Embiid. So between the injury, missing a bunch of games, and his team probably not finishing with that fantastic record and first in their conference, I think his chances get hurt. To me, it's Damian Lillard right now. It's Damian Lillard uh, for me right now, the MVP of the league. A lot of season to go. We'll see what happens, but... He's my MVP as of right now. Okay, moving along in the NBA. The Jazz played last night. 
They're the best team in the NBA record-wise, point differential-wise. Again, when it comes to the playoffs, a lot has uh, yet to be proven by the Utah Jazz there. But they play the Celtics. They win, and it's on the road. And it's after having to fly coast-to-coast from playing the Warriors, fly coast-to-coast from San Francisco to Boston. They win on the road 117-109. Donovan Mitchell did not shoot super well, but he did hit two clutch threes down the stretch. Uh, Rudy Gobert had clutch free throws down the stretch, also had four blocks on the game. I mean, this guy is Defensive Player of the Year. Please just give it to him. Um, This was actually the 300th win for Coach Quinn Snyder. I hope he wins Coach of the Year this year. He deserves it. Again, more season to go, but I think right now he's in the driver's seat for that. He's got to be the front runner. That's an award that has not been won by the Jazz. Jerry Sloan probably should have gotten it once or twice at least, what he did in in Utah for so many years with Carl Malone and John Stockton, and then even into the Carlos Boozer, Darren Williams days. Uh, Jerry Sloan, one of the winningest coaches um, in NBA history, never won Coach of the Year. Looks like Quinn Snyder, in my opinion, is the frontrunner for this season, what he's doing with the Jazz. Um, but again, his 300th win uh, last night over the Jazz. So nice to see them get back on track. They've got a few more road games. That was one of their toughest uh, matchups, though. The other games are Wizards, Bulls, so they should be able to win some of those. But, okay, um, the game was on TNT, and Shaquille O'Neal and Dwayne Wade both had interesting things to say about uh, Jordan Clarkson. Uh, Dwayne Wade said that if he could be anybody, if he could come back and be anybody, it'd be Jordan Clarkson. You know, the guy's got to come off the bench and be able to shoot with the ultimate green light whenever you want, which I don't always love Jordan Clarkson's shot selection, but I, I do like the fact that Quinn Snyder's just like, look, dude, your job is to come off the bench and score. So go score. His teammates don't seem to be bothered by him shooting a bunch. Coaching sure doesn't seem to be bothered by him shooting a bunch. And it seems to be working. And so Dwayne Wade says, I just want to come back, you know, come off the bench and be able to shoot whenever I want, you know, in the 20-some minutes I get and then go just chill. Shaq said that he believes Jordan Clarkson is the most important player on the Jazz. I do not agree with that, but it does back up my statement from a couple of weeks ago when I said that he was the third most important player on the team. He does not start, but to me, he is the third most important player on this Jazz team because of the massive spark that he gives them off the bench. He is the clear front runner for sixth man of the year. The Jazz this year really should be taking home coach of the year, defensive player of the year, and sixth man of the year, Quinn Snyder, Rudy Gobert, Jordan Clarkson. They are clear front runners, in my opinion, for those awards. We will see what happens. But again, Jordan Clarkson is the third most important player on this Jazz team behind Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and then it goes to Jordan Clarkson. After that, I would say you have to go with Mike Conley as the fourth most important, Bogey as the fifth, and I would say Joe Ingles as the sixth. To me, those are like the six most important players on the Jazz. If all of them can stay healthy and the Jazz can continue to shoot well like they are from three, the Jazz have a real shot to do some serious damage in the Western Conference. Um, A lot to be proven there, an awful lot to be proven. The playoffs is a completely different animal. We've seen how people just transition into entirely different players and teams and strategies, and they just take it to another level. And we've also seen a lot of teams go just bonkers in the regular season, only to kind of wilt away in the playoffs. I don't think the Jazz will wilt away, but they've got to they've got to prove it to me. I, I'm a Jazz fan, but I'm a realist, and I love sports first. And in doing this podcast, I want to always keep it real. The Jazz have to go and prove it in the postseason to me. I think they have that potential. I hope they can get it done. We will see. Okay, transitioning now to the NFL. 
Um, big news in all of this NFL free agency. Deshaun Watson, who I said yesterday, if you watch the podcast, I said that Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson should want to go where? The Washington football team. Well, Deshaun Watson, maybe he was listening and wanted to stick it to me. I don't know. But he came out yesterday and said that he wants to go to either the Broncos or the 49ers. And I'm like, what? The Broncos? You want to go to the Broncos? What do the Broncos have to offer? They are 25th. Their offensive line was ranked 25th by Pro Football Focus. 25th. That's near the very bottom of the entire league. Their defensive ranking, yards per game, the Broncos were 21st. Points per game, they were 25th defensively. And there's two things that quarterbacks really, really care about. If you're a star quarterback, you really, really care about two things. One, your offensive line, because you can't do your thing. You can't shine if your offensive line isn't protecting you. If you're running from defenders nonstop, running for your life, you can't, you can't get into your groove and do your thing that makes you the star that you are. So offensive line is critical. The second thing that they've got to care about a lot is how good the defense is. Because if the defense can't get you off the field and get the opposing offense off the field, or sorry, get you on the field and get the opposing offense off the field, then you also can't do your thing. And if they're giving up 35, 40 points a game, you're also going to have a hard time doing your thing. And you can't. those are things that they can't control, offensive line and defense. And so it's really, really important that in those two categories um, – that a team scores really, really high. And that's how you choose uh, a team to go to in free agency if you're smart. It's not just about money. It's not just about like the city that's the coolest. Look at Tom Brady. We went over this. Tampa Bay is not exactly some cool hot spot. It's the losingest franchise in all of sports, but they had a really good offensive line and they had a really good defense. And they add Tom Brady to that mix, they win a Super Bowl. So I looked at offensive line rankings, defensive rankings. I just went over the Broncos again. Just to reiterate, according to Pro Football Focus, they were the 25th ranked offensive line last year. Uh, the Washington football team was sixth. The 49ers, the other team that Deshaun Watson wants to go to, was ninth. And while we're at it, let's throw in the Seahawks for Russell Wilson in case this gets back to him. They were 14th. So of those teams that Deshaun Watson wants to go to, 49ers and Broncos, uh, Washington's better than both of them. Washington is also better than Seattle, uh, where Russell Wilson currently is. Defensive rankings, Broncos uh, were 21st in yards per game allowed. Seattle 22nd, as long as we're at it. 49ers were 5th. That was pretty good. But guess where Washington was in yards per game allowed defensively? 2nd. Second. 2nd in the entire league, Washington. Points per game allowed defensively. 49ers 17th. Broncos 25th. Seattle 15th, Washington 4th. I'm telling you, look at these things. Look at offensive line rankings. Look at defensive rankings. The Washington football team ranks very, very high in all of those. Second best defense in the league. Sixth best offensive line in the league. Add a star quarterback to that. You're looking at a Super Bowl contender. You really, truly are. Then the other thing you want to look at is the coach. Well, guess what? The the coach in... Denver is uh, Vic Fangio. It's now he's entering his third season. He's twelve and twenty in two seasons as the head coach of the Broncos. Seven and nine, then five and eleven. So is that something that really excites you? You're going to go play for a team that has the the twenty fifth best offensive line and the twenty first best defense and a coach with two straight losing seasons. That's exciting to you, Deshaun Watson. I don't get it. 
Um, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, 29 and 35 in four seasons in San Francisco, losing record. Okay, losing record. He has three. He's had four seasons there. Three of them are losing seasons, and then sandwiched in the middle of that, he's got the 13 and three season that uh, where they went to the Super Bowl and lost. So he did have one really bright season, but surrounding that bright season are three dark spots. Okay, so not super exciting there. Then you have Washington. Ron Rivera, 83 and 72, a winning record through 10 seasons. He's got a history of being able to win. He's made multiple playoff appearances. He's he's been to a Super Bowl. He's only 59. He's not some old timer. He's not like 70 years old or something like some of these guys. And I know some of the players like to play for the younger coaches. But Ron Rivera is proven. He's a, he's a proven winner. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's barely 59, just turned 59 a couple months ago. Um, and players love him. And he also demands the absolute most. And when Dwayne Haskins, I mean, think about that. The Reds, the, excuse me, the Washington football team had put all of this stock into Dwayne Haskins, drafted him quite high. And Ron Rivera is like, this guy's an issue. He's he's not working as hard as he should be. He's not following team rules and COVID protocols and things like that. And he's supposed to be the captain. Nah, he's out of here. He's also not producing on the field. He's gone. And the players loved that. Okay, they didn't love the fact that they had to can Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, we hope, goes and gets a fresh start somewhere. But they loved the fact that they were going to hold the captain to at least, if not a higher standard, at least an equal standard to them. Players love Ron Rivera, but he also demands the most of them. He's a proven leader. So again, the Washington football team ranks higher coaching, offensive line, defensive uh, rankings, Everything about them to me is better than the Broncos and the 49ers, certainly. And so I just don't understand what Deshaun Watson wants. I don't get why he wants to go to Denver or San Francisco over Washington. I really just don't get it. Um, The Texans, by the way, they signed Tyrod Taylor yesterday. It's just like a one-year deal. Um, But he's 24 and 21 as a a starter in his career. Hasn't started for three seasons. He's, He's a far, far cry from Deshaun Watson. But this is not about that. This is about a game of chess. Okay, between the Texans and Deshaun Watson. I think this is a, a full-on standoff at this point. It's a game of chicken. Who's going to blink first? Is Deshaun Watson going to sit and not play football? Or are the Texans going to trade him? If you are the Texans, you're thinking, look, we're trying to make amends here. We've got a new head coach. We got you some new weapons. Um, please stay. Please, please stay, right? And in his mind, it's like, look, this relationship's through. I'm out. Um, and now just, if this isn't even more reason for him to want out of Houston, maybe, uh, just yesterday, just last night, there were allegations, no charges have been filed, but there are sexual allegations against Deshaun Watson from a female masseuse in the Houston area. Um, no, you know, no actual charges have been made, but there is a lawsuit, uh, that's pending. And so a lot to unpack there and we'll see what happens. That's really all the information we have up to this point is that, um, there are allegations of of sexual misconduct with the masseuse. Uh, Deshaun Watson publicly denied them on, uh, I believe it's on his Instagram account last night, saying that, uh, you know, they asked for some six-figure payout. Um, so he's basically implying it's a money grab. Um, very delicate situation. We'll see what happens there. But that might just be one more thing that makes him think, get me out of Houston. I'm so sick of this town, you know? Um, and I, I wish he would look further you know, to, to some of these other teams, but he, it might not be up to him. The the Texans are like, look, we, we paid you big money. You signed a contract and you can either play football for us or you can not play. It's up to you. 
And he's saying, you can either have me play for the money you're paying me and the star quarterback that I am, or you can not. You can have me sit the bench um, and hold out. So I I think you're going to see Deshaun Watson play next year. I just don't know if it's going to be for the Texans. I don't. I will say this: I don't see him holding out all the way to the point where he just gives up a season. I, I, I don't see that happening. Um, we'll see. We'll see. My guess is that he does end up getting traded. Um, speaking of trades, by the way, um, the uh, the Bears end up signing uh, Andy Dalton to a one-year, ten million dollar deal after attempting apparently very aggressively to get Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks were not budging though. So we've got two teams with two star quarterbacks. I really believe these are two of the top four quarterbacks in the NFL, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. Both teams are saying, nope, we are not trading you. You're under contract. You're staying here. Russell Wilson doesn't necessarily want out all that much. Um, He's open to it, but Seahawks are not giving him up. So the Bears sign Andy Dalton. I don't know that this is really an upgrade at all from Mitch Trubisky. It uh, feels like a pretty lateral move. I don't see the Bears doing anything, you know, impressive next year with that, but they did it. Um, back on the 49ers, by the way, the, they did sign Trent Williams to a six-year, $138 million deal. That's the largest contract for an offensive lineman in NFL history. So congratulations to Trent Williams. It's kind of sad for me because he was actually drafted fourth overall in 2010 by the Washington football team. And... He was just such a, a an anchor to our offensive line, which, as we went over, is still ranked sixth without him. But, man, I just think if we still had him, where we could be. But he wanted out of Washington uh, before the culture started to shift in the right direction last year. So it was just before – it was on draft day, actually, just before last season that he was basically holding out. They eventually did do a trade with the 49ers. Um, so he was with, with San Francisco last year. Uh, but – but he turns 33 before next season, and the deal was for six years, $138 million. I 55 of it's guaranteed, so we'll see if he gets much more than that. Um, I'm not sure if a 39-year-old left tackle is going to be as as viable as he is right now, but congrats to him on a massive, massive deal. Okay, what I want to end with this. Emmanuel Sanders left the Saints in free agency yesterday and signed with the Buffalo Bills. This is a huge deal. It's a one-year, $6 million contract. There's another five hundred grand in incentives built into it. But this is a win-now statement by the Buffalo Bills. Um, do, not, do not underestimate this signing. This gives Josh Allen yet another weapon, a deep threat. This team is a in win-now mentality. They believe they are right there with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Bucks for the Super Bowl. They were in the, off, they were in the AFC Championship game last year. And they need to win now with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, okay? Last year, Emmanuel Sanders had 61 catches, 726 yards, five touchdowns, and it was actually his fifth most yards per game of his entire se- of his entire career. He played 14 games last year, and it was uh, he's played 11 seasons. This was actually the fifth most yards per game, so it's kind of like middle-of-the-pack season for him, slightly slightly above his, his average, um, average season. But not only that, he's a Super Bowl champion. So he's an 11-year veteran. He's still a deep threat. He's still got speed. He still can catch the ball. He still can get touchdowns for you. He played in Super Bowl 50 with the Denver Broncos and who at quarterback? Peyton Manning. So think how much he learned from Peyton Manning and who was he with last year? Drew Brees. So he's played under some of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. He won a Super Bowl with one of them. In that Super Bowl, he had six catches for 83 yards. So he brings some serious veteran leadership to help them get over that hump into Super Bowl land. 
Um, the Bills last year were third to the, only the Chiefs and the Bucks in passing yards per game. They now add Emmanuel Sanders. They were second last year only to the Chiefs in total yards per game and second only to the Packers in points per game. So this is an offense that is ready to win now. This is not the Bills of old. This is the Bills of old, old, looking to avenge those four Super Bowl losses. Um, they're right, they're going to be right there in the hunt. The Bills are the Bills are not to be overlooked. They are right there in the hunt. Do not underestimate this signing of Emmanuel Sanders. That is all the time we have for today. You guys are awesome. Please subscribe to the podcast. Check us out on social media. I will see you tomorrow. I am out. Peace. We got the Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Cause we are-